Don't worry about this witness, T. Elver, Utruam. Exactly. You don't even know what he said. Fuck you, I did too. What then? I understood. Otruvam, what's it mean? It means sit on this cocksucker. <laughs> Five minutes away from the camp for the rest of my fucking life, and I'm laughing. You got it, Skip. You got it. Yeah, that's right. You gotta, you gotta find ways to laugh, even when you're facing impending doom. Welcome, my friends, to Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit-down. I am Jim Scampoli. I am Jacob Burrows, and we are indeed here to talk about Season 2, Episode 10, Bust Out, which is something we all know. We all watched Goodfellas. We all know about busting out and how you get your dirty claws in a business and then just... Uh, bust a move yes yeah and actually um it's a good call on the goodfellas because much like in goodfellas when we see them busting out of business and then we see in the background um them enjoying the fruits of their labor uh they do that throughout this episode as we see many a red cooler and uh what are they drinking ramlosa Lossa. yeah a ra- swedish water it's literally just water i don't know why they're so excited but yes they're like oh i got a sweet deal on this Lossa, which is like tap water but uh you know good job this episode was written by frank ranzuli robin green and mitchell burgess and it was directed by john patterson all those names are very familiar and names we've heard before and names we'll hear again Yes, and it was sponsored by Ramblasa Incorporated, <laughs> uh, a Swedish corporation. I cannot believe how great product placement they have. It almost makes me wonder, like, HBO, are you getting product placement? I would assume not, because you wouldn't put Ramblasa in there. It's just water. That's their tagline, basically. Is that really just their tagline? It's just water? No, but it should be, because uh, <laughs> it is. I drink it. It's water. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> my commercial for it. It sounds It sounds good, though. This so It's bottled in Sweden. And everyone's yeah. like, ooh, interesting. Yes, Swedish spring water, yes. Uh, this episode opens up with uh, people we don't know. Uh, we see a man uh, talking to the police, and he picks out, well, I guess we do, it's, it opens up technically with a picture of Tony, like a mugshot or something. And a uh, man is identifying Tony as he saw him uh, near the scene of the crime where Matthew Bevilacqua was uh, lit up by Tony and Big Pussy last episode. And I think he even has like a cheesy line like, I'm just so sick of crime. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it felt like even the cops were like, oh, yeah, mm, we are too. <laughs> Tell us more about uh, who you saw. Because he's there like, ah. He, he gives off this good Samaritan vibe, which is annoying. And not just, I mean, I guess mostly because we're so on Tony's side that we're like, who's this rat? Even though clearly Tony just murdered someone for... Uh, well, I guess it was justified, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and then we see Tony at the carousel in the mall, I guess, because usually he's meeting Richie in the mall. It looks like there's some stores around, and yes. uh, there's a little kid yelling for his mommy, and Tony's having flashes to poor young Matthew Bevilacqua, who's also screaming for his mommy as Tony lit him up uh, with uh, with his gun. And um, I think then there's, like Tony goes to the missing kid, uh, whose mother quickly scoops him up and Tony tries to like make a little small talk and she kind of scoffs at him like he's a piece of shit, uh, yep. even though he was trying to help. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and I mean, Richie is all annoyed about trash pickup. Again, giving us one of these 
glimpse into the bureaucracy and the uh, percentages that goes into running a mob family where, yeah, where this guy's charging me this for this, but I'm charging them that for that. Uh, he just wants a rate. Uh, and Tony says, ah, I'll see what he says. And uh, Richie points out that, yeah, you do own part of the company. I don't know which company they're talking about, but yeah. I think Waste they're management. talking about, yeah, Barone Sanitation, which I believe Tony kind of took over the chair or whatever, the percentage from Junior. Mm-hmm. Tony does use Junior's line here. He tries to. It's like a thing we see Tony do. I, I don't think he messes up the line, though. Like, usually he'll get a line from Melfi and he messes it yeah. up. But he uses Junior's line about uh, Olivia where he's like, you know, you're like an old woman with a Virginia ham under your arm, like crying that you don't have any bread. And then Richie's yes. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I he lifts lines from Melfi so often that I just I, re, I was like that's familiar I must have heard that somewhere uh, I just assumed it was Melfi but then <laughs> thinking about it I'm an idiot she would never say that uh, Junior would definitely say that yeah. though so yeah you're right he's incorporating Junior's wisdom even now but and also I mean it's a nice way to show that like yeah Richie's like annoyed about something but he's not being unreasonable here I, I mean I mean, maybe we don't know the specifics, but he's not like giving Tony shit necessarily like he usually does where he's kind of really pushing it. He's just annoyed about this money and he wants help. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course, you're going to help if it'll help you, basically. Uh, Richie's been towing the line uh, fairly well through most of the season. I mean, there was Beansy, of course, the ramp. But even since the jacket, it's been, you know pretty chilled uh even if he brings it up this episode and i'm like oh i was wrong he's old school he's loyal but then you got janice in there yeah you got janice um so yeah yeah then we 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 cut back into carmilla who's still reading memoirs of a geisha i believe she's reading yeah. that in the previous episode as well and tony talks about how he wants to spend some time with aj and i guess he's getting i mean it's probably a little runoff from last episode where he was kind of a piece of shit to him. Plus, of course, thinking about this uh, kid he killed. And also, uh, I think there, uh, the line is said a few times in this episode, he fell in with the wrong crowd. And not necessarily like by characters that hear each other saying it, but yeah. it's like the police say it about Bevilacqua. And then Tony's saying it here about AJ. You know, he wants to toughen him up, make sure he doesn't fall in with the wrong crowd. And I think even Carmela's being a little sarcastic about it. Uh, and, yeah. you know, she apologizes. And, you know, Tony's on a mission to bond with his son. I mean, his son did smoke weed at his uh, confirmation. So <laughs> he's his his fears are, you know, uh, they're, they're justified. Even if he, AJ, won't turn into a mobster, he might turn into some weird hippie and we wouldn't want that yeah. that's probably what he means by the wrong crowd because he is the wrong crowd so yep. the wrong crowd is probably you know oh i don't want him to become a fucking banker or something <laughs> and then uh we check back in with uh davy's sporting goods store i think it's like ramsey's sports or something like that and uh it's nice to see the uh the things are still going on for good old davy the degenerate gambler they're ordering coolers and uh, we see the water come in they're making sure they're getting they get subs being charged to the uh charge it to the game as you will uh yeah. something about airline tickets they're going to be charging to the business and there's really nothing davy can do like what he even says like oh you know they got a deal on the blue and richie's like no fuck that they ain't getting paid anyways we want the red 
<laughs> yes, and uh, it's really like how I guess airline tickets are going to be expensive, but it's like these coolers. And I, I don't know how many you got. There's like an infinity of them in the episode. But the subs, the water. I guess if you get it from Sweden, from the spring source, it will cost a bit more. But uh, it's like we're just picking little bits and pieces. We're they're literally like, well, not literally. They're figuratively picking at the corpse of this business already, uh, trying to get as much meat off as possible. Um, and this is also Richie and Tony kind of palling around with, in, doing business together, which we haven't seen as much. Yes, they have a nice um, common, I guess I don't want to say enemy, but you know, a common foil here where they can kind of have some fun while they're, you know, uh, bleeding this co- uh, this company dry. Uh, then we see Tony and AJ sharing a little time at the pool. AJ's scared of a spider that he might have saw. And his belly flop, like, jump into the pool when he thinks that Tony has the spider is great. Uh, <laughs> and then the police show up, and I think Tony has to talk to his maid, and he's like, uh, did you let him in the house? And he's like, warrant, warrant. How do you say it in Polish? Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't let him in the house. What's wrong with you? And they want him to come in. It's just a courtesy call. Uh, they could have called on the phone, but it's a courtesy uh, in-person call to make him come down to the station. Just have a little chat. Uh, no problem. Yeah, just, just have a chat about Belakwa. Yeah, just a few questions. I need to know what's going on with this Matthew Bevilacqua kid. Uh, yeah. And then we kind of cut in with uh, Big Pussy and his handler who is starting to put things together that because there was a, what, a stocky um, <laughs> uh, accomplice or something like that. which yeah, Like a husky a accomplice husky, or yeah, something, which he is. definitely didn't say in that scene uh, <laughs> earlier. Maybe it was later, but yeah. still. And, uh, yeah, he's starting to put things together. Like, what did we talk about? No violence. Um, you know, we <laughs> Which want- he's doing. He's a very, very bad handler if he thinks there's no <laughs> violence. I mean already uh and i mean you did bring this up last episode of like hmm, will it help that he uh shot for second or whatever yeah. and as i said he's just lying all the time about everything to his handler anyway and that's certainly what he tries to do here but then he also sneaks in like just supposedly if i if i did it don't you think that would be a good thing yeah yeah <laughs> he's like no you idiot <laughs> i need you to get a wire on right now yeah i want get tony him to, get him on tape yeah i want tony on tape talking about the bevel aqua hit because uh, it's w- like the the thing is they're always looking for like the big thing. They don't want to put someone away for like a month. You want him to get the big thing. And he did murder, and they say it in the episode: murder in aid of racketeering. That's twenty to life. So uh, hey, pussy, if you're gonna do your job, now is the time to do it. Otherwise, you know, get off the pot. Yeah, if there's gonna be a time to take down Tony, this is it. Um, although it does, I guess, since he's in the he's in the scenario, it puts him at, at risk as well. Yeah. Um, and then Tony's talking to his lawyer. They're kind of going over the options. And, you know, the lawyer's saying, like, uh, you didn't say you'd go down there, would you? And, of course, Tony's too smart for that. They're kind of just putting some feelers out, trying to lock him into a story so they can uh, get him under questioning uh, in the court and maybe poke some holes there. Uh, it's something I like the like the lawyer. It's like, ah, oh, this is just everyday bullshit. I'm a mob lawyer. I got this under control. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, you get some real Better Call Saul vibes here. I'm like, I want to see this show about this lawyer hanging out, smoking cigars, solving problems. He's got even this thing of like leaving a nest egg and then you pay it out. Also very sort of Breaking Bad. Oh, definitely. My one one reference for criminal lawyer behavior. Because all the lawyer shows are like, we got to do the justice. Fuck that. Hey, join our our Better Call Saul podcast uh, coming soon. It's called... uh, 
it's all good, man. That's <laughs> yeah. what we settled on, right? Yeah, like I, I think that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. Uh, then we get we catch up. There's a lot of scene like th- this. It's not that this episode bounces around, but it's a lot of short scenes. So, yeah. uh, I mean, they're all setting up things and they're all connected. But we got Carmilla and her friends. That I, I don't know what is this like a book club or something they're doing or some sort of like housewife hangout. Well, they have got all these papers. They seem kind of stressed. They're taking notes. I don't know exactly, but I don't think it's a book club because then there would be more wine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They'll dance, scavenger hunt, and the liquor stores will be closed. Oh, they're setting up. Line, they okay. Say. Yeah, they're setting up some sort of event for the kids. And, yeah, they want to yeah. keep them out late. Okay. And then um, Davy's wife's there, who's friends with Carmela. And it is even it's, – it's interesting enough that she'd even be – on this good of terms, but I guess it kind of speaks more to uh, David's history and that it's, this is not the first time he's fucked up as far as gambling's concerned. So, and I guess to her, the car, yeah, it's kind of a big deal, but he's done worse. And like, oh, it's not like he gambled the business away. I mean, it's in my own name, thank God. And then Carmela gets to meet um, her brother, Vic, and the sparks are flying. Yeah, immediately, just on the first shot of him, like, ooh, hello. <laughs> Going totally against, I guess I was wrong last episode when I totally, uh, you know, I, I was pretty mean towards Carmilla and her looks. But, hey, this guy disagrees. He's got he's got sparks flying from his eyes. He's got rainbows shooting out of his ears. He's really into it. And it's such a great soap opera angle for this character because he's the good businessman who's, like, a young uh, 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 widower, Widow, widower. Be- yeah, because his you know his wife passed away from cancer, so he's like, he's not only is he smoldering and attractive, but he's also kind of broken and he could be fixed and consoled and brought back to the real world. Um, yeah, he's probably the only like good guy, blue collar, regular <laughs> fella we got on the show, right? I yeah, don't know, we've basically, ever had one. Yeah, uh, and then you know when they go out to the car. Uh, Vic's sister, I, I don't know her character's name. She makes the Christine, comment like, maybe? "Yeah, she makes the comment like, um, see that ring probably came off a dead person's finger. You don't want to mess with that. That's Tony Soprano's wife. Like, so even any of the kind of niceties, it's like, ah, oh, she's Carmela Soprano. No one really likes her. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, I think that. But hey, there's always that thrill though. Oh, yeah. it probably came off a dead person's <laughs> finger, and he's not like, oh, ho, ho, ho. I'll stay away from that. He's like, oh, ho, interesting." Uh, and then we have a hilarious scene of uh, David on his pool table, like with a gun in his mouth, ready oh, to commit yeah. suicide. But he hears the car pull up, so he has to quickly hide it, much like a kid who's almost caught smoking weed or something. And he even uses that to be a jerk to his wife because she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Fixing the fucking light bulb," because uh, he's going through yeah. all kinds of shit right now. And she's like, "All right, well, Jesus, you're the one that's always complaining about scratching the felt." And he's like, the light's yes. flashing off the cue ball. Like, he's, <laughs> he's been a maniac. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, how many revolvers does it take to change a light bulb? I huh. guess uh, more than one because uh, he didn't change it. Yeah. So Janice and Richie. Speaking of guns to the it. head. Yeah. Yeah, talking, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that's, you know, interesting. A little bit, bit of gun play. Uh, 
as we move the camera around to slowly reveal it. But I guess that's just every day for them. That's just bread and butter of uh, what sexual intercourse is. But you know what's not bread and butter? It's when she starts talking about, oh, you should take out my brother. Oh, it's all yeah. a fantasy, though. But yeah, you should like take these specific steps to become the new boss. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You're the boss. Yeah. You're the best. It should be you. Well, and it's interesting because uh, I don't think it's really spelled out. Whose kink is it? It's clearly Janice that wants it, right? Or is it a Richie thing where he's like, we need the gun involved? You know, I've turned on, around on Richie. He's like a real <laughs> he's a real down-to-earth kind of guy in my book right now, which makes no sense given yeah. where we were earlier in the season. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. I, I wouldn't pass it, put it past Janice. I mean, she does say she's attracted to powerful men. What's more powerful than a man with a gun? I mean, it's, as the Tao says, uh, hold a gun to your girlfriend while you fuck her from behind. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. I guess I could totally see it because I think when I originally watched this, I just assumed it was a weird Richie thing because he's a weirdo. But like as they're playing it out now, you're right. Like Richie's coming off as more kind of just a regular mafia guy. And this this is just another step of manipulation from Janice to try to make it seem like he's a tough guy or something. But either way, uh, he gives his classic Richie response of like, I got to be loyal. I'm old school, Janice. Uh, mm. And she just keeps kind of pushing him, talking about how uh, uh, Uncle Junior's got friends. He's got connections. You should do this. Um, and then in a hilarious moment, Livia Soprano comes like motorizing <laughs> down the stairs, asks if they're smoking weed. Which they are, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way. Of course. Uh, got to get that in there. Um, so yes, that's, that is true. Speaking of sensual moments, uh, Carmilla wakes up from a dream and there's no one in her bed with her. Another short scene. I like how they do this because you could totally do the, you could play out the scene and have her like hooking up with this guy and then do the fake out where it's a dream. Uh, and I think most of the time you'd be tempted to do that because you could at least play it out and trick the audience for a moment. Then she wakes up and it's a dream, but no, it just kind of focuses on her and it's clear what's going on. She's having this dream and yeah, she just kind of wakes up from it herself. We fill in the blanks ourselves and yeah, of course, Tony's not there, which adds even more, uh, insult to injury for the, uh, like how Tony looks in Carmilla's mind. Yeah, it's, you know, that's what makes it a a real scene, even though it's, I don't know, 20 seconds. Because if she wakes up and Tony's there, uh, there's no progression, there's no change. She wakes up from this scene, or from this dream, I should say, and is probably feeling guilty for a second. And she looks over, and he's not there. That propels her further towards what happens later. So even though... It's so short. It's still like efficient. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we're back at the sporting goods store. Uh, Big Pussy and Tony are there, and Polly comes in with Furio, and uh, they they got some information on what's going on. Why the cops want to talk to him? We get news that there's an eyeball witness, as uh, mm. Polly calls it, and Furio tells him that maybe he should lamb chop it. Uh, just a nice little, just a nice little foreigners get phrases wrong joke to sneak in real quick uh and it it is interesting because i mean i guess it's the whole thing like tony i think they were even getting into this in season one i mean the the whole thing with tony is he's he doesn't have to do shit like this he's not supposed to be getting his his hands dirty as it were and since he did like get this happiness like he went he went to kill this kid for the revenge and kind of we talked about how happy he was after 
and now it's coming to bite him in the ass, and he's like really freaking out. Yeah, and he's going to have to go to Elvis Town, where <laughs> there are no Jews or Italians. Anywhere there are no Jews or Italians, I get, uh, I guess. And, uh, you know, David comes out like, oh, I got this bill. <laughs> and Tony gets really mad at him. And then wh- what does he say after? He sh- chases him away like, get back in your hole. Yeah, he goes, get the but fuck then, uh, back in your fucking hole. And he, oh, yeah. Oh, David, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, what does he say exactly? Because it's kind of like, you're doing good or whatever. Because uh, he's, it's obvious he's he's really upset. I I do like the scene. Um, we get a lot of stuff uh, like big pussy. He's like, oh yeah, I keep a keep a suitcase in my trunk. And <laughs> yeah. Polly Walnut's like, yeah, yeah tell we, us about it. Yeah, we he's know. Like, hey! <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I, I think big pussy's response is great. Line he goes, yeah, bygones are never bygones around here. Because <laughs> yeah, no one's yeah. gonna let him forget it. And uh, it is such a great response from Polly though, because it's like, yeah, we know you fucking disappeared for like a year. Yeah, and it ends with what we had in the intro of the podcast, uh, I think, of him saying yep. the line, and, and Tony's there kind of laughing because he doesn't know. You gotta. You gotta, though, Skip. Yep, yeah, you gotta have... You, you gotta find the, the the silver lining somewhere. Sit on this cocksuck. I love that they all think that's hilarious, that <laughs> <laughs> he just picks up a fucking pole or something, and he's like, sit on this cocksucker, and they're all, they're all cracking up. It's a great moment for them all. Um, so... Uh, Carmilla has dinner or lunch with uh, uh, Christine, David's wife, and they make a big hoopla about this La Melosa again. And I'm really at this point like, there's going to be a big reveal about where the Melosa is from. It's like, no, there isn't. There's no, like, it, does, it doesn't happen. It's just, hey, I want to give you the special menu with this delicious water. It's just a like, nice goof because it just, pay? yeah, exactly. It's just a nice goof because, you know, like, that's, that's how this is all working out. Tony gets these cases of water or his crew gets it and then they just sell mm-hmm. it for pennies on the dollar. And even, and even good uh, Artie Bucco, who Charmaine tries to keep in line, He even he's going to partake a little bit. Hmm. And this is where we find out that uh, her brother is a widower and and all of that. Oh, childless. She had a hostile womb, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. So, yeah, so she really liked his wife, I guess. Um, well, it's even interesting so- the way she's kind of being open about it and even, like, uh, Davy's wife, like, how... Uh, they're just kind of she's like oh yeah like you know having that dream about him like it's this weird like gossipy girl version mm-hmm. of it uh and no real threat of a uh, you know this mob boss tony soprano yes um so continuing his quest to hang out with aj probably propelled by the fact that i'm doing 20 to life for going on the lamb chop uh i got you this uh this fishing rod you wanted yeah you got a got a great deal on it do we see it come into the shop uh I think I so, think we maybe. must. I think probably yeah. in the beginning when they're just moving stuff around a lot, I bet you we yeah. do see it. Yeah. So he wants to uh, they, he wants them to go fishing and go uh, see a movie, get some pizza. And AJ's got plans. He's doing a social social thing. Uh, despite it all, he is a social creature and uh, something like a social butterfly. I mean, he hangs out with the weed kids. He got he got hammered off communion wine that one time. AJ's probably surprisingly cool. Yeah, he's a cool kid. It's all because he yeah. beat up that uh, tall kid. That kid was like <laughs> twice his size. Uh, so, yeah, then it kind of segues right into Melfi and Tony. Uh, he's kind of talking about it. He's complaining because, you know, it, 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 it's a real like moment it feels like for a parent where 
you know, your kids become their own person and, you know, they don't always want to hang out with you. And in it, especially with Tony's case, and I'm sure with a lot of parents' cases, it's more that you notice it too late. Like there's probably plenty of opportunities where Tony was too busy. And I mean, you yeah. even see in this episode, he doesn't show up for his swim meet kind of in a weird revenge way. But there's probably plenty of opportunities where AJ wanted to spend time with his dad, but he couldn't. Uh, yes. And now it's like a personal thing for poor Tony. Yeah, now he's like, oh, that's over. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he does bring up how he might be might be going away for a while. Um, and Jim, you know what happens next, right? Uh, not yet, I don't think. Is that this moment or is that later? It's later. You're okay. right. Yeah, <laughs> not yet. Almost. Uh, Got so excited there for a moment. Yeah, I mean, this... Uh, but it, anyway, she, she does say, I've never seen you like this. Yes. I've never seen you scared. That's how, how we finish up on this scene, which is well, real. I mean, that's true. Because Tony keeps having those moments where it does almost seem like he is going to storm out because, I mean, he's also doing the thing of like, they're going to put me away for a long time for something I didn't even do. Yeah, and of in a weird way, I do think like he's like convinced himself that he's a victim here and that they're just coming after him unfairly, even though he knows he did it. And then, you know, we see Melfi kind of recoiling in like fear a few times because all of a sudden he'll start going, these motherfuckers, these motherfuckers. He's just yelling about it. Yeah. Uh, but she still, yeah, she pushes, pushes him a little bit and does, yeah, mention like I've never seen you scared before. Uh, and, yeah. and we see that throughout some other scenes with Tony as well. She keeps it together and keeps it more professional than we've seen from her recently. Uh, does a fairly good job of it, considering that she's talking to a murderer uh, and everything. And um, what else was I thinking of? Uh, I'm sure it'll pop into my head at an inopportune moment. Let's mm -hmm. go to the next scene. Yeah, the next scene, I believe, uh, it's back at the sporting... Like, it keeps going back. They're just hanging out at the sporting goods store. And Paul like, shows up and still no info on the witness yet. And Tony's getting a little bit more erratic. And then Paulie's like, you know, saying he's going to take care of it. Small bump in the road. Uh, then when Paulie leaves, uh, he finds David is sleeping in the tent. And they kind of have like a little reminiscing until. Don't fucking reminisce <laughs> with me <laughs> yeah. like I was doing with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Tony brings up, you know, just, hey, remember when you could transfer, you're an army brat. And then David pulls a story when he actually helped Tony. And it's yeah. kind of like, well, and here you are ruining me. And he's like, well, don't fucking let's not play down memory lane. Uh, and David has to ask, like, what's going on? What's the, where does this end? And the clear thing is bankruptcy. And which is so clear, but it's got to be like he's a gambler. He doesn't think ahead. He lives in the moment. Um, but, yeah, he just starts crying. Yes. Yeah, he starts crying. And I understand like Tony's thing is Tony's facing potential life in prison. So to him, this is nothing. And plus what yeah. he's saying is true. Like, yeah, you, you know, you can declare bankruptcy and you could build your life back up, but it's, you know, easier said than done. Plus it's all relative because you are essentially ending his life. It's destroying, it's going to destroy his family. It's destroying his livelihood. Uh, but it's still not as bad as facing a potential uh, life sentence in jail yeah and in this scene again we get uh them asking on screen questions we have been asking previously because he asks why did you let me into that mm. game and like you didn't you didn't want me to do it and he's i mean we we get to see him realize like yeah i was a fucking idiot uh i'm reaching bottom the bottom right now and uh 
Tony didn't want me to do it. Like, maybe if he was just like, yeah, come join the game, gamble your life away. But then it's like, well, if you didn't want me to do this, why did you do it? And uh, Tony actually brings up the fable of the frog and the scorpion. It says yeah. it's in my nature, um, which is uh, good. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense because I do, and I think we went, went over this, but I do think Tony would have let him leave, like like when you tell him not to oh, do yeah. it. But when it when the guy keeps pushing, and like he even says, like I knew you had this business, so <laughs> you know at the very, at the end of the day, I knew I could let you in, and and we could come out. This is where the ending would be. Um, yeah. And I mean, what does he say? Like, you know, hey, if you you would won, I'd be the one crying the blues. And it's like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> yeah, no, happen. I think he'd be fine. Yeah. And then we get the biggest reveal of the episode. AJ can swim. I keep <laughs> underestimating this guy. Uh, he's not only swimming, he's going pretty fast. I mean, just judging from his belly flop earlier in the episode, I did not think he was on like a team. But I guess so. He almost came second, he even. almost came in second. I mean, and that's much better than I would have expected him to do. So, hey, good for you. Uh, yes. t- Tony misses it because he is meeting up with his lawyer to leave some seed money in case he has to lamb it for Carmilla. Um, but he can't really just say that because he doesn't want... I mean, he even told AJ earlier, like, don't tell your mother about this. He doesn't want Carmilla freaking out. Um, so she's none the wiser of the potential of what's happening here, but she still is completely right when, uh, Tony shows up home and he sends AJ to bed and she's like, you weren't, you know, one mo one night, like two nights ago, you're telling me you want to spend time with AJ and now you're acting like a six year old because you skipped his swim meet and you don't feel bad about it because he went to the mall without you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah. And it leads to a pretty, I mean, it's an intense fight. For them they're pretty passive aggressive or even regular aggressive sometimes but not actually physically aggressive and she's so frustrated that she's starts uh hitting him or like stro- yeah hitting him with the magazines and actually coming at him attacking him managing to not really do any damage at all of course not i mean tony's a big bear of a guy he's even like what are you what are you doing over here and just he giggles tosses her aside like he giggles about it because it's like so surprising he doesn't understand what's happening um and you know they go like handheld which is always a nice touch for something like this because it gets a little little shaky cam and kind of feels like you're you're in the scene um and you're right yeah it's a quick amp up and i guess you know because what we know with carmilla because there's this I think she does feel guilty a bit for this Vic character and the thoughts yeah. she's having. And plus, just in general, uh, you know, AJ was pretty bummed out that Tony wasn't there. And Tony's just classic Tony not being there unless he feels like yeah. it. And even though they they don't always get along, uh, I mean, they, they actually got along really well at the end of last episode. But even though they don't usually do that, he's literally just like, no, fuck you. Oh, yeah, her. that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he goes, yeah, fuck you. Right in her face. Yeah, which is pretty harsh for, like, I'm just complaining that you're mean to our son. And that's when she goes, no, fuck you. And it all escalates. And she runs up the stairs um, to AJ. Yes. And, and then. Uh, yeah. Then he drinks in the dark. Yeah. And Meadow arrives home later in the night. Finds, uh, yeah, Tony sitting in the dark drinking. He's pretty. He's all disheveled and drunk. And uh, she's, she, you know, she's got to get to the chat room. It's, it's oh, in- yeah, I got to go online. Yeah. I can relate. <laughs> it's funny because it is, I mean, it's not chat room, obviously, anymore, but it is the same shit. It's like I got to get on the internet. I, I just saw my friends, 
but now I got to get on my tablet or my phone and hang out with my friends still. Well, um, she could just sit there with her phone yeah. and like, uh-huh. Yeah, dad. Oh yeah, we're all uh we're all uh, what's it? Whatever you said, dad. And um I really like this scene. I mean, because I've lived this scene so many times. Not so much the Tony perspective, but the Meadow perspective because I have parents that drank a lot and uh I mean, I guess on one hand, it's like the inhibitions are gone and they're trying to make like make a connection with you. But when you're in the other position, it doesn't feel real because they're drunk. Yeah. And uh, so it's like all of a sudden now it's like we have this discussion where it's like, I know, you know, I love you. Right. Everything I do, I do for you and your brother, which is not true. It's clearly not true. I mean, he had the same freak out when it's like uh, everything I do, everything I will do is for this family. And, I mean, yeah. there's truth to it for sure. But also Tony's very like a selfish sociopath, as we know. Yes. Uh, so, so, I mean, I guess it's a little both. And, but it's still kind of a sweet – it's like a sweet tender moment. And Meadow does kind of give him a, give him a bone a little bit because he starts going into how – you know, you're all me. Nothing gets by you. And I know you call me a hypocrite, but she cuts him off. Uh, but yeah. then says, you know, hey, everyone's a little uh, kind of a hypocrite sometimes. Yeah. And that whole thing uh, I mentioned Better Call Saul earlier, it does remind me of Breaking Bad, where a huge part of the character was, I'm, I'm going to keep saying over and over that I'm doing this for my family, mm. even when that's clearly not the case. Um, and it's kind of the same thing here. Did he shoot that kid for his family because he said everything he does and uh no he did that for himself and i just remembered what i was going to say earlier which was that we get that scene at the carousel with the kid calling for his mommy and him seeing the flash uh of the of uh the kid dying and i think it adds to it a lot that it this is something that he's actually a bit not torn up, but conflicted about. If this was just like, ah, shit, they saw us capping that other guy, or they saw us stealing the jewels, it wouldn't be the same (laughs) That when he's sitting here, like, drinking and thinking about his family. He killed a young guy, and he felt good about it, and then he felt weird about it, and he's still probably not completely like, fuck yeah, I did a great thing, and that's why he's sitting there with Melfi, like, a thing I didn't do. And everything I do is for this family. It adds a lot to it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's very... Uh, and it's kind of reminiscent of him discussing who should go to hell uh, in the previous episode where, you know, uh, kind of like the soldiers, you know, we're soldiers and we do that, like just kind of trying to defend it in his mind. And there is there is truth to it, uh, but it's just interesting to see it play out more. Because especially the way Sopranos is, usually things are kind of... They affect, you know, other episodes, but this is like very tied to uh, what happened and how things are playing out with Tony now. Yes. Uh, Apart from this uh, wallpaper guy who we're never going to see again. uh, No, maybe. I don't know. It feels like it's pretty finished. The next scene is with the wallpaper guy as uh, Carmela wants to show uh, him the smallest room, the powder room. Let's look at this. Oh, and I got to show you this poster on the back of my door. That old trick. Oh, yeah. Uh, we all pulled that one. Oh, yeah. The coolest poster's on the back of my door. Click. <laughs> uh, and then there's makeouts. Yeah. It is it is weird because, yeah, you know, a whole season with the, with the priest and nothing ever came of it. And then this just it's fireworks. The sparks fly. They're soulmates. And, I mean, a couple quick details. 
she does have a red cooler. Uh, I think that she offers them uh, at the beginning of the scene. Another yep. thing, they are playing the song Wheel in the Sky, which also plays during the end credits. Yeah. Song is done by the band Journey. And as we all know, this isn't really a spoiler, but for the big cut to black, like what our show is named after, uh, Don't Stop Believing is playing by the band Journey. So it all ties in. I believe that I believe this was the seed right here, setting up the final moments of the Sopranos. Well, I didn't know that, but okay, I, it's not a spoiler. I'll take it. I, I, I'd play Journey over every episode if it was me, so I, I don't blame him at all. <laughs> um, but you know, even when they stop kissing, Carmela's not like, "Oh God, we shouldn't have done this." She's like, "Oh, I've never done this before," and yeah. he's like, "I should go." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the sparks fly, yeah, he just takes off, and they're kind of like, this moment, this moment, what, what are they going to do next, you got to wonder. But before we get to that, uh, Junior is at home watching soap operas, drinking some Ramlosa. Uh, Richie comes yep. in with some red coolers for him, and some sh- some uh, sneakers, I guess, that Junior's going to give to the kid that washes his car, or, or yep. I forget, there's like an, a street kid that he wants to give the shoes to. He does say black kid that washes oh, okay. <laughs> my car, and that he that poor prick wears a pair that's wrapped with duct tape, showing uh, Junior in a new light. Um, you know, it's, it's weird. It's both Richie and Junior. They're, they kind of made, or I mean, Junior made his play, uh, but yeah. now he's... He's a bit resigned. He's not like, fuck Tony, fuck this, fuck that. And maybe a part of him is even glad he didn't kill his nephew because then he'd be the one seeing little kids going, mommy, mommy, and he'd think, oh, fuck, not only was that some weirdo, that was my nephew. So, uh, and, he, and he's at home. He's just chilling. This court thing uh, clearly never happening. So uh, he, he seems to be doing all right for himself. Yeah, yeah, it is nice. Like, this whole season... We've seen a different junior. I mean, we saw glimpses of it because even when he was in the process of making his move, you know, it wasn't sitting right with him. He's like throwing up and hiding and very yeah. kind of concerned with what's going on. And now it's he's he's uh, a little bit more self-aware. I mean, even to the point where Richie's talking about, you know, Tony's got to go and we need to make a move and he's doing all this stuff like he even took over your uh, waste management business Junior's still smart enough to be like, you know who I don't trust is that niece of mine. You know, I walked out of my house uh, with a lighter wallet. That was from a 10-year-old, uh, 10-year-old girl. Yeah, which, I mean, Richie, even though last scene he was all, you know, I'm old school in that, he's already there. He's already here with Junior saying, oh, we both know he's got to go. We both know he should have gone a year ago. And that's when Junior's like... Uh huh. Is this Richie, the loyal, tough guy, old school guy, talking, or is it Janice? Yes. Uh, really picking up on a lot of signals. Very much unlike Junior in season one, <laughs> when everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you're the boss for sure." <laughs> yeah, and plus, I mean, I guess maybe it helps because he had the original Janice Soprano, Livia Soprano, in his ear, so he's lived through this. Ooh. He knows what's happening, and it's a lot easier to see it from the outside than from the inside. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, so June, uh, okay. so I mean, Richie doesn't get a push in the direction of fuck Tony. He actually gets told to back off, which makes me feel like something's gonna happen to make I don't know Junior and Richie uh, like they gotta go somewhere with this this season. Uh, so something's gotta happen to change Junior's mind because I don't think Richie's gonna go out on his own like fuck Tony because <laughs> he already did the jacket thing, and I cannot imagine a worse betrayal than that. And uh, 
It's probably involving Livia Soprano. I know you can't comment. I'm just amusing. Yeah. It is great when uh, in that previous scene when Janice gets him going and then he brings up the jacket and he's like, when I think of that jacket, like... <laughs> uh, uh, we do see Meadow going through her uh, college applications and, oh, what's this? A new option that's not uh, Berkeley or Georgetown, but NYU, which will keep her nice in vicinity if she does decide. And then maybe yeah. uh, season three, we won't be seeing the last of Meadow Soprano. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, I was like, uh, I, I was actually glad for her, which is weird. I, I mean, it's, it's not weird, but I, it's just her opening letters and like, fuck yeah. And then, you know, she has to go to her grandma watching a great uh, commercial for how to make chocolate spaghetti um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and sausages um, and uh, tell her all about these uh colleges she got accepted to and yeah we get to see livia actually like ah fuck them they don't deserve you anyway here's the 20 yeah it's Um, like a nice real grandma moment which is kind of weird but like yeah it's nice to see because usually livia soprano is up to no good but it's just a real grandma moment just kind of re uh you know uh picking you back up giving you uh, 20 bucks and being proud of you yeah uh which is uh fun it's like uh, we would have expected maybe a scene with Carmilla, but guess what? Carmilla's busy uh, <laughs> getting on the phone with uh, Vic, is his name, the, the wallpaperer, who's out in his car because he knows, oh, we got such chemistry, we can't even be trusted in the same room. <laughs> and Carmilla's like, how about we trust ourselves in the same room for like all day and also I make a sexy lunch? And he's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Yep, yeah, you, maybe you can send uh, Ramon to the other job, and then you can come here, we can spend some time, we could talk. Oh, that'd be awesome. Meadow kind of walks up and is like, who's that? It's like, oh, uh, just the wallpaper man, don't worry. Yeah, it's nobody, nothing. And here's how face blind I am. Next scene, uh, we have The Witness sipping on some wine, reading a cool book about anarchy, the state, and the union. And uh, there's a phone call, and like it was like half the scene before I was like, "Oh, that's not the wallpaper guy." And, and Christina, <laughs> like I'm literally that bad apparently at faces that I was like, "Oh yeah, he's getting he sees about how uh, you know in the paper." <laughs> I'm an idiot. I cannot <laughs> be trusted to tell these middle-aged pe- people apart. Middle-aged. Well, apart. I mean, in your defense, we only see the guy real quick uh, at the very yeah. beginning of the episode. Um, and yeah, he's reading Anarchy, State, and Utopia. Um, yeah, which I I looked up, and it says uh, how it argues for a minimalist state because that is what arises from anarchy. And uh, they were listening to the worst piano it's like music, piano jazz or something like that. It's like some freestyle piano. Yeah, it's so well. It's great because they, uh, I mean, they set this guy up already at the beginning as like a nerd. And I like how they're trying to make the average Joe kind of, quote, good guy, yuppie or whatever, just a nerd. Because we even see yeah. that other one, like when that family and they try to sick their dog on <laughs> the guys that steal their car. This might as well be the same character. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's such a funny way to do that because we're always spending time with Tony Soprano. So when we see these regular people, they're either like pathetic like David or they're just this like phony nerd because his whole thing is he's done with crime. Like he's he's had it up for crime and he has to be a good person. But then once they find out that it's a soprano family connection, he's like that fucking detective, those lying pricks. Where's my phone? Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. but on, in their defense, you don't want to deal with uh, being killed <laughs> uh, for being a potential witness against a mob boss in some yes. world you have nothing to do with. 
he thought it was like crack and i guess again breaking bad you'd still get killed for for like getting a crack deal i i guess maybe not crack meth yeah you know whatever um but you're right it's like oh yeah it's the scariest mob people and this guy probably got killed for being a witness or something <laughs> so yeah but as you mentioned we don't get the average joe perspective and we make them wusses which is why vic to us and Carmilla is such a breath of fresh air because True. in the next scene, he's also like, I'm just the best guy because he comes to hang out with uh, uh, David at a bar. He finds out how David gambled everything away. Um, and he's at first like, oh, we're going to take you to Gamblers Anonymous or whatever. And then he tries to pin it all on like, well, where were you last time? Ugh, and uh, So annoying he just, when he does that. Yeah. Vic just behaves very reasonable through the whole thing. He says, I'm going to pay for your kid's education because you're a piece of shit and you gambled it all away oh what a good guy what a catch yeah because initially he's he's fully there to help david he's like we're gonna get you in a meeting we're gonna get this situated we're gonna fix it until he starts realizing like the enormity of the situation and just how bad david fucked everything up but yes yeah, still a good guy okay well i'm gonna pay for eric got into georgetown you wouldn't know that you piece of shit but i'm gonna pay for that kid's education i'm gonna take care of my family unlike what stupid david does um and uh, yeah, and then he also uh, David points out the re- the the way he's able to lose everything is because I got in I got involved with Tony Soprano I got involved with the wrong people and you know yeah. they're like fucking locusts they come in and like just suck everything dry um, and it's interesting the way this whole episode plays out is Tony is you know obviously afraid of this witness and what's going to happen to him and kind of by dumb luck. He gets out of it. And then similar with this situation with uh, Vic and Carmilla, again, just out of dumb luck being Tony Soprano, in both cases, just being Tony <laughs> Soprano, save him. He doesn't have to do yeah. anything. And and it's kind of great because it's this weird, like, things work out even for terrible people or maybe even more for terrible people. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I love that they have that have that play out through this episode. Yeah, that's a good point. It's even like it's exactly like he said in the previous episode when he's like, "We don't gotta look for this kid. Someone will just bring him to us because <laughs> yeah. we're us. We're the best." And uh, yeah, you're right. He just gets a call and uh, from from Polly Walnut saying how you know that's something that didn't happen that we know didn't happen. And the guy who didn't saw it, but I realize now it he didn't see it because it didn't happen. And, and Tony's he he goes off in a. Does he go to the powder room? He goes in. Yes, he goes into the wallpapered bathroom where Carmilla would kiss that guy, and he like cries in happiness. That like he kind of just has a nice little cry. That like I, I you know I get a second chance. Um, it, it's just I, I love this idea. I love this idea that it just works out for him because he's a shitty person. Like him being really <laughs> shitty to David saves him. Saves like the idea of his wife cheating on him even if she's completely within her rights the way tony's you know been uh, like disloyal in their marriage but it just saves him because he's shitty <laughs> yes and i mean i guess maybe that's why uh that whole scene in the bar i i i expected vic to find out something about tony that would make him not do this because they had the whole scene of like, oh, we're going to send Raul to the other place and, and you send you to my place. And then I expect there to be a scene where it's like, no, that's not happening. And 
it, it, it came right after uh, the mm. scene where that actually happened. Yeah. So then we're with, with Melfi again. Yes. He's re- relieved. And uh, it's I like this, too, because, you know, Tony's being honest, where he's like, I don't know what happened. The witness just decided not to you yes. know, go ahead. <laughs> but it's complete, It's the same exact thing he would say if he did just hunt down this person and murder them. <laughs> yes. And uh, Melfi is rightfully like, oh, okay, you don't know what happened. And then he's even, Tony's like hurt. <laughs> he's like, yeah. yeah. What do you think of me? <laughs> yeah. That I would do exactly this thing that I've done a hundred times. Um, and he actually brings up uh, another thing we've discussed previously. When he went to Italy, uh, met someone who reminded uh, him of Melfi, and he says it to her. Um, yeah. And like said, I'm my own worst enemy. And she's like, isn't that kind of a cliche? Critiquing the writing of this show. <laughs> and uh, Tony's like, oh, no, you had to be there. Just like with you and me when I when I say, oh, yeah, he went into the powder room, huh? It's like, yeah, but if you see it in the show, it's great. Uh, it's not a coincidence. I mean, it, it all pans out. It's perfect. Yes. And she's a witch as well. Yeah, I like one of them witchy broads. He keeps trying, yeah, he keeps trying to weirdly defend her by because he's yeah he's like a little bummed that she's kind of like well isn't that a cliche isn't that and he's like well no I mean I guess she had to be there like yeah they're like witchy people you know they think (laughs) they think a certain way it's an ancient culture Uh, yeah and then what happens well. Let's see. Uh, yeah, and he he does say he wanted to fuck her as well, which is great. Oh, after right, you yeah. say you reminded me of uh, someone that I wanted to fuck, um, but anyway, he keeps the reason he brings this up is that he keeps going on about I bring all this on myself, which is the same uh, same thing that you're telling me. Um, and then what does happen? Well, he says a, yeah. he, he says a line. I don't need any more psychiatry today. Yeah, and he gets up, and he fucking what? I mean he. He doesn't necessarily storm out, but this is this is a walkout, is it not? It is. I know, absolutely. Let's right. count it. All right. I wasn't sure if there was going to be some uh, controversy here, but I think we're in full agreement. Let's add it to the counter. Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> it's a bit more relaxed than that. Maybe we need yeah. a new sounder where he's just like, I don't think I need any more therapy well, today. Yeah, maybe we him? just take that line from this episode. He goes, I don't need any more psychiatry today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is a that is actually a great line. So the thing she says right before is the question is how do you stop? Because he was talking about how he brings it all on himself, uh, yeah. and that's when he's kind of like, you know what? I already did stop because I'm fine right now. Um, and it is uh, it's interesting because we've certainly never seen this before. Well, and plus, in a way, the episode proves him right because, like we're just saying, like him bringing it on himself is also what saved him uh in a weird way so because i I mean i guess obviously he kind of gets up because he's in a good mood and he doesn't want to think about what he should be doing differently or look inside himself and what type of person he is and maybe you know maybe there's thoughts in his head that maybe he shouldn't have gotten off for this and maybe a part of him you know wants to be punished or caught but hey no i'm in a good mood i'm not gonna do this anymore i'm just gonna get up and walk out so explain the next scene to me, Jim. Yeah, this one is interesting. I I think it's an extension of that because yeah, he yeah he goes to see Beansy, and I guess is the well no we did he did go see him when he was like in the hospital bed as well because I was gonna say if this is the first time he saw him or not, but yeah he goes to see Beansy and he gives him fifty grand and it's an extension because he's in this good mood still and I guess he feels like he's gonna go like make more wrongs right or something. And Beansy doesn't want it. Like, oh, what do you think? I'm some dumb cripple. It's never going to walk again. And, 
you know, you think I'm the poster boy for this. And Tony doesn't care about any of that. It's like, just take this money because it's, it's not about you. It's about me because I love the shot of Tony Soprano walking away. He's so fucking proud of himself and he's so happy when he didn't really do anything. Yeah. He says, Hey, my idea was you could donate to the spinal injury foundation. And he's like, I'm going to walk again. And he's like, yeah, but in the meantime, you can donate to the Spinal Injury uh, Foundation. Um, and it, it, it's you're right. It's probably an extension. Well, at first I thought maybe it was also like I should have gotten caught. I did a bad thing. Like I'm, I, I'm have, feeling a bit of karma here. I'm going to give back. But it's like you said, it's completely selfish. It's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just... I'm just the best. I'm just Tony Sopranos. I've been feeling like I'm the worst. I'll do something that makes me feel like I'm the best. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, I think you're right in that thinking as well. It is an extension of like, um, I got away with something bad and here's my way of making it right. But even though we know like Tony would not give 50 grand if it was important to him or if he needed it for something, you know what I mean? Like it's because he was he was just ready to give like, 450 grand and just leave it in an office somewhere for Carmilla. Like at this point when everything worked out for him, it's all gravy. So yeah, I can hand out 50 grand and give it to Beansy and he doesn't care if Beansy just keeps it or if he donates it, whatever to him, it's a good thing. And it's like all is right in the universe. Yes. So a quick scene with Carmilla preparing her romantic lunch um, she has, she's got the picnic basket out with wine and they, she was talking to, uh, Christine earlier about how, oh, when you start going out, it's all wine and romantic <laughs> yeah. meals. And now she's recreating that by chopping stuff up really nicely, fixing that chicken up, get your apron off, fluff your hair. And who's there? It's not Vic. Yeah. Ramon shows up. Vic had to go to the other job. Um, and you know he's he, he your husband's a murderer yeah. so you know <laughs> destroys people and also mm-hmm. it's kind of like um like he's he's faced the reality of dealing with the sopranos family with david and plus it's also you know if these people have self-respect even like david's wife you wouldn't then associate yourself at all with the soprano family even if it's david's fault they still are taking advantage so yes that's true and we do get to see the shop closing up um which uh, you know, it's not that that one's not really a scene. It's just kind of bookending this chapter of us hanging out in this store. Because what's more important is we got we got the boat. We got yep. Tony and AJ on that boat on for some st- nice seafaring shots. On where the Stugats to steer, and it, Tony really likes to fuck with AJ. Like, come on, kill the spider. It's a leaf, <laughs> you fucking idiot. He's <laughs> <laughs> like the best dad ever. Um, and he really is like, oh, you want to steer the boat? I don't know. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, and they're they're on the Stugats, and I guess it's kind of like a microcosm of the whole episode where we're seeing, like, you know, the Soprano family doing whatever they want, destroying everyone's life, like, destroying other people's <laughs> lives. You know, we see yes. this in this small moment where, okay, well, AJ, you can't just steer the boat. We need to see, we need to open this bitch up and see how fast it can go while you're steering. Even after you just tried to tell him, like, this isn't like a car, <laughs> you know, you can't just slam on the brakes. You got to be, like, anticipate and then, of course, they speed up and they knock some guys over in a like a fishing canoe or whatever they're in. 
No, you're right. That's a great point. That's such a great ending for this episode because that's exactly what's been done to everyone else in this episode where, like you said, they're just, they're on their boat, man. Uh, and they don't even notice when those people fall off their smaller boat. They're just smiling at the horizon and, and chasing that shit. Yeah, having that nice father-son moment. Yeah. So, uh, Bust Out, they really did bust it out. It was a good episode. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on Bust Out or upcoming episodes? Please do email them to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. You would also very much help us out if you left a review on the Cut to Black podcast feed, which you'll find on your podcast app of choice or iTunes. That's where we would like to get some reviews in. Please, it would really help us out there. Um, there's also showswhatyouknow.com where you got all of our array of shows. Want to talk about Westworld now that it's all over? Mm-hmm. We got a bunch of episodes on that of course handmaid's tale is still going on it's an extremely good show if you haven't checked it out and what else jim oh my god you can find more from me at jimandthem.com all kinds of non-tv needs and you can also find more from jacob at awesomepedia.org uh again all kinds of non-tv needs but plenty mm. of content either way but yeah the most important yeah. thing is just one more thing oh what's that cut to black <laughs>